We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the fucker fly, man. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Whatever 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night, you know? Whatever. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm serious. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It was Dabo doing the gritty. I say right foot creep. Cheers, boys. Field of 12 after dark. It is another night at it. Um, I am honored to be with my co-host tonight. Come on, come on. You guys normally see three of us up here. We had some technical difficulties with our the third leg of our stool. So tonight it's me, Trevor Knight, former AM quarterback and OU quarterback. And alongside me is Darian Wrencher, the pride of Clemson. Darian, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, bro. Dynamic duo about to be in effect, bro. I'm having a good night. I just had a friend's giving at the house, so I'm kind of stuffed. But I'm I'm bringing energy, bro. I'm hitting. I'm getting over my itis. I got a little. I could definitely go to sleep right now. But look, I'm here with my people. <laughs> Field of twelve. Let's talk some ball. I love it. Before we jump in, friends giving. You know that that's become a big deal over the years. It it really has, bro. It's it's kind of like definitely more. I felt you get forced from the females. Like uh, your wife, girlfriend, or your friend group to do it, but I'm not. I'm not complaining. Look, I'll eat, I'll eat, eat good two times. You know, two times in a row this week and next week. I'm cool with it. Is it an excuse to eat Thanksgiving food more, or is it an excuse to hang out with friends and you know banter and all that fun stuff? It's another reason to get everybody together. You know, you get you get older. Everybody's got stuff going on. People got kids. People married. It's like let's have another reason excuse to get everybody together. Let's kick it, have some fun, and just do do what we always do: talk, drink, eat. Weeknight get-togethers. It's not like college anymore. You gotta find no, it's a way not, to on a bro. You do in college. That's, I'm only one year removed, and like in college, you can walk over. Like even when you live, when you're out of the dorm, you still have live near other people. You can walk, drive somewhere. As you get older, but you might not see somebody the whole day. And if you're working, might be in your little your little situation. So it's it's all new to me. Uh, but yeah, find every excuse to get my friends together for sure. No doubt, no doubt. I love it. Well, tonight's gonna be a fun show, man. We'll just talk a lot of ball. There's a lot of things going on in college football right now. We will talk a little bit more on the CFP rankings and our reactions to those. We've hit that a little bit earlier in the week, but there's a lot to unpack there, so we'll touch on it tonight. Uh, some big, big Pac-12 showdowns this week. We've got some game picks, our traditional Thursday night picks at the end of the show. I personally believe that I will have some good picks this week and much, much more. But as we typically do, oh, and by the way, Field of 12 After Dark, you can uh, follow us on SiriusXM. We're powered by Bet Rivers. Download um, the SiriusXM app to listen to the podcast each and every night. And you can also find us on Twitter, YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, all those good things. But as we typically do, Darian, let's do our toast of the night. And I will have yeah. you start. 
who is your toast going to this week? Bro, it's going to a guy. I think I get a Santos last week, but he continues to just kind of like up the ante and prove himself every, every week. He's a young guy. Uh, they're wearing white, baby blue down at Chapel Hill. I would say Drake May. I mean, he's continued to amaze college football this year. And I think if he was at any other university right now, uh, he would be having a Johnny Manziel type year, even though statistically he is. But just like like people, not some people tune into UNC games, and they're they're eight they're nine and one, eight and one. Not they're nine and one, uh, but obviously they're ranked. But people are still it's still flying under the radar. Like they're nine and one. Will face Clemson in the ACC championship. But Drake Mays had a hell of a year. If any other quarterback had those stats this year, they would be the front runner for a Heisman. No brainer. He's obviously in the Heisman race now. But if anybody had those stats, he has. They will be the clear cut clear cut Heisman winner right now. So Drake so, May. Hello. Salute. What you got? Cheers to you. And I got some wine tonight. Wife poured some wine up. So Come you on. guys can hit us up in the comments. But I'm going to roll with some cab tonight. Um, let me ask you this, Darian, before I give my toast. Does Drake May, does he have a true shot to go to New York? Which I think your answer may be yes. Yeah. And does he have a true shot, depending on how he plays the ACC championship game, finishing out the year, and, and uh, you know, the, the hype that can come prior to a bowl game, does he have a chance to win the Heisman at this point? Or is there just think, some players ahead of him? I think he's earned a, re a spot to get there, just based on the narratives of college football this year. That, to me, the Heisman is about narratives. I think he is setting himself up to hopefully he comes back and repeats. He'll be the front runner for a Heisman next year. No brainer. But I think he wins it at the expense of other guys not playing well. Like, I think it's C.J. Stroud kind of doing those out. If Hendon Hooker doesn't come back on these next couple of games, if Caleb Williams doesn't kind of continue to emerge, like, to me, those three guys are who I'm looking at. If, if they kind of dwindle out, then I think he has a chance to win it. But if they continue to rise, I think he he's earned the right to go sit in New York, which is still a, a huge honor as a true freshman. Um, but I don't think he right now is clear-cut going to win it. And if I was Ben, like I said, he will, he will win it by default. Yep, I agreed. I, I think whether, that, whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but that's kind of like the politics of college football. I can't it see it win. It's very political, and there are some guys, and, and take nothing away from these guys, but there's there's some guys playing really good football. Right. But, but he deserves to be in that conversation. I agree with you. My toast of the night, I'm going to take it out west. And, Talk to and you. It, it, I, I could give this to Caleb Williams because I think that if he navigates my toast, and I'll get to that in a second. He could be the guy hoisting that Heisman Trophy. But right. I'm going to post tonight to the potential gauntlet that USC is about to go through. Potentially. Okay. UCLA this weekend. Notre oh, yeah. Dame next weekend. If they get wow. through those, Pac-12 championship after that. If they win all three of those, college football semifinal, the college football playoff semifinal, if they win that, national championship. That's their potential next five games. And to me, if they can navigate that, enshrine them in Atlanta in the college football um, Hall of Fame, that's an incredible stretch of five games. So to what could be, and right. hopefully one day we're talking about what what happened, the uh, the upcoming potential schedule for the USC Trojans. That, that actually is a hell of a stretch. Um that would be the biggest, like, I don't want to say these words, but Lincoln Riley would be like, yeah, I told y'all so. You know, like, that would be crazy for him to dip out, go to USC, really rebuild a program, take them all the way like that. And, like, they're one of those programs that people have been waiting for them to be really good again because it's like they're a blue-blooded college football. Like, people, even when they're down, you always associate USC to be good, even when they haven't been good. But they're actually finally good this year, and yep. I got a lot of support. That would be – that's one of the teams, even though obviously I'm a Clemson fan, I definitely want to see my guys somehow maneuver their way back into the college football playoffs. To me, before expansion, it will be really cool to see USC get in there. I think it just looks good for like college football as a whole. And so I definitely think if they can make this next stretch, they definitely deserve to get in. We'll get to that later because there's, there's, there's so many scenarios this year that to me are not – haven't been on the table during my whole like career, which is like – last five, six years, I feel like it's been pretty clear-cut. Five teams, really, when it comes down to it. If everything goes the way it could, there's like six or seven teams, if not eight, that could all be interchangeable for that fourth spot. 
Yeah, there could. So let, let's dive into that. Let's get into kind of the college football playoff rankings of this week. I, I wasn't incredibly shocked by any of the movement. He had some teams lose, so some inevitably moved up. Uh, obviously, Georgia number one. To, this is to recap for our listeners. Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, TCU number four, and then your first three out, Tennessee, LSU, USC. Darian, is there anything in the top seven that I just mentioned that you think should be switched around? And any of those first couple out that you think will be in the college football playoff, play out some of those scenarios for us. Right. So, like I said, I, I was able to participate in college football players for five years, and I've seen whether sometimes Clemson, we were like where Georgia is, we were a clear-cut number one. And, like, we could not do no wrong the entire year. Wait. Yeah. You you played in the college football playoff all five years while you were in college? I actually was there for six. I didn't play my – last year I was part of the down year at Clemson. But, yeah, I was there from 2016 to 2020, five straight years of CFP. That, but, that is yeah. a college experience, folks. That is – you don't hear that every day. So if you if you're wanting to listen in tonight and get the true inside scoop of what the college football playoffs all about and what it takes, this man's been there before and he's been there a lot. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. No, nah, bro. Yes, yeah, so definitely, bro. Was a, well, I was blessed to be here at the perfect time. So, like I said, I think Georgia to me is a, is a team this year. Like Clemson's been there in years past, where the clear cut, like they've proven themselves as a program coming off last season. And they, they've had a good year this year to where. All right, they're the number one, and they had a big win against Tennessee. So, to me, Georgia stays. I think one of the things that it actually works out this year, but in the years past, some there might be more undefeated teams in the top six or seven because some of those teams could still be undefeated technically. They don't play each other. But, obviously, Ohio State Michigan are going to have to play each other at some point. Well, coming up soon, in next these next two games. Um, so, one of those teams are going to lose. So, to me, that's going to shake it up. And so, I can't see – and most likely, whoever wins that game will win the Big Ten Championship. That would be crazy if whoever wins and then they lose in the Big Ten Championship. That would be crazy. But to me, I'm willing to bet between Ohio State and Michigan, the winner of that game wins the Big Ten Championship. So that's kind of – one of those teams are locked. Georgia, to me, is locked. Georgia's in no matter what. Like, I can't – unless they lay an egg these next two games in a regular season, I see Georgia win or lose the SC Championship, Georgia gets in. So there, that's it. TCU, TCU gets in if they stay undefeated. But here's the thing, man, like TCU's – They've actually had a really good program the past couple of years, but I would not be surprised if TCU lost sometime these next couple of weeks or in the Big 12 championship. If they lose, they don't get in. A one-loss TCU doesn't get in. Tennessee, to me, is sitting in the best spot right now. But just because if I'm willing to bet between Georgia and LSU, I think Georgia takes that, takes that game. And Georgia winning puts, could potentially put Tennessee in. But but here's the thing. All right, so here's where it gets tricky. This is where we this is where it gets fun. All right, so between Ohio State, and Michigan, lock them in. That's a, that's a lock. Okay. To I me, agree. the way the way Georgia finishes the season is gonna really shake things up. If Georgia wins, they lock. So you got you got two teams. I think to me, are the like two of, I, those top three teams. Two of those teams are locked. They're gonna stay. Now three and four is where it gets really interesting to me. And so, what if all right TCU if they if they win they do get in but oh, I don't feel, I don't know I'm not sold I, I am sold but I'm not sold. You don't think if they're they, one of the best four teams in the country? I don't. I, I, I have I, the same feeling. I've had the same feeling for a while until I'm starting to get you know like a teeter totter. You're like one right. way or the other. I'm starting right. to get more neutral on on I am uh, too. on TCU because of the way their defense played against Texas. Right. And, and that right. showed me a lot, right? In exactly. Austin, that was a big-time performance by their defense. But I've said for a couple of weeks now that six, seven, eight, those matched up head-to-head today would beat TCU, which is tough to say because they're undefeated. But I agree with I you. Know, I know, I know. Because they're undefeated, they've got a seat at the table. Right. So, so that's kind of all written, right? I think Tennessee wins out and continues to dominate whoever, whoever's on their schedule for these next couple of games, and they'll finish the season 11-1. and one. I think LSU will be – they're going to lose an SEC championship. But if they win, Tennessee's out. Tennessee doesn't get in. 
But is a does a does an SEC championship LSU get in? Is the, that's gonna be the trickiest question? I don't think they get in because if you, I don't know, bro. That's what I'm so. Right. Let me let me lay this out for you. The committee this year to me has the toughest job to make a decision on: Are we gonna be political? Are we gonna put the best four teams in? I agree. That, that's I agree. that's really what it is. All right. So here's this: We've laid out a lot of scenarios in the show. Let me lay this one out one this one out for you. And, and get your thoughts. Hey, you, be, you better put Clemson in there, too, because people are sleeping on Clemson. If Clemson, Clemson, if Clemson wins out now. All right, so listen to this. <laughs> there is a chance still that we could have zero undefeated teams represented in the college football playoff. If Georgia wow. loses to LSU in the SEC title game, which probably won't happen, but could. But could. It, it, it really could. If whoever's representative from the uh, the represent representative from the uh, Big Ten East, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, loses to the team on the West, even less likely to happen, but could happen. But could. And then if TCU loses, let's say to Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship game, now we've got a bunch of one loss teams. We've got some craziness in conference champions. Now we're looking basically just at the slate. This is my question for you, Darian. At that point, is conference champion and hoisting that trophy mean more, or does it go to best one-loss team and who we think is the best four in the country? And and I'll use just this team as an example. It let's say uh, Oregon goes and beats um, USC in the title game. Okay, USC is not in. Oregon is a conference champion. And that's probably a bad example. Let's say, let's say, let's say uh, uh, your Clemson Tigers. Okay, your Clemson Tigers have one loss. They're a conference champion. Are they in over a Georgia team that lost in the conference championship to LSU, but they're a one-loss team? To to me, that's where it's gonna get re- like. I think that's a great. Yeah, that, to me, that's what I said. To me, this is the most interesting year of college football during the playoff era. I'm gonna say that. This is the most interesting year during the playoff era in college football because there's so many different scenarios that haven't really been realistically on the table in years past. No. There hasn't been like – there's been a lot lot more disparity amongst the top teams in those next like five through ten. It's been a great disparity to where it's very obvious. Are these teams, their pathway is clear. It is, those, those teams are definitely rotating. I think Clemson and Bama were, were the most like stable ones. But the other three and four, it, it could have been, all right, this year is Washington. This year is Oklahoma. This year is Ohio State. This year is Notre Dame. This year is Michigan. Um, I don't know who else got in over the past couple of years. But, you know, those those teams were interchangeable. Um, yeah. This is the first shit to me. There's the disparity between really one through – Utah's not getting in. But one through nine, all – and honestly, I'm kind of mad that Bama's still there because there's no way Bama makes it to the – they, they don't get in the playoffs. So I feel like – no, Putting them over Clemson still is kind of weird to me. Even I'm a Clemson fan, I, I'm going to throw a little hate there because to me, Clemson still has a chance to get to the playoffs. Bama's not getting to the playoffs. They don't have a pathway to me to even get in. So I really, I'm really kind of mad that Bama's eight, actually. I do get, like, I guess they play good, but I, I really would flip Clemson and Bama because I feel that's going to happen anyway over these next couple games just because you got to do that. If Clemson, yeah. if Clemson wins out and beats UNC, which will, be, will probably be a top 10 team, after these next two weeks, they, if they went out, Clemson could could easily be sitting number five and be knocking at that door. That's all. I'm I, I think this is if if I was to be sitting in that room with these folks, I, I think they're looking at this going right now, head to head. I think Alabama beats Clemson because of you know the, the games that they lost, so on and so forth. Maybe right. that's what they're saying, but it. They know it's going to play itself out. If they, Clemson they goes and runs the table and wins the ACC, they obviously jump a, a, a team that's not playing that week in the conference right. championship game. So they, right. they know that will play out. Let me ask you this, and then we'll wrap up college football playoff rankings for, for this week. If, if you were to look in your crystal ball and all the games that we still have to go on, a couple games left in the season, conference championship games, who is your top four? Who is your representatives in the college football playoff if it was today, given all the scenarios that we've talked about? All right, I'm going to be real. 
I would love to see my boys make it, but I'm going to be real. I'm not going to put them in there right now. Okay. But I do think Clemson, I've seen crazy. I think they definitely could sneak in at number four at some point. But I'm going to put Georgia in there. Okay. I'm going to keep Georgia where they're at. Georgia's I'm undefeated. Take, I'm going to take Ohio State. I'm gonna take Georgia's going to win the SEC title. Yeah, Georgia won the SEC championship. Okay. They they okay. get in. I think Ohio State beat, beats Michigan and wins the conference title in the Big Ten, so they get in. So Michigan's out. Um, I don't know which game it is. I feel like TC is going to lay an egg. And it's going to be sad, but it's not going to be surprising. They, they gonna get, they're going to get in a great New Year's Six bowl game. So I got three really? or four open. I got three or four open. Do you, think, think, do you think that they're going to lose to Baylor this week? Do you think they're going to lose in the conference title game? Uh, do they, do you think, think they're going to lose to Iowa State next week? I mean, who are they going to lose to? I think the only shot would be the conference title game. Right. And to me, re the recency bias then would definitely take them out, out of the, the playoffs. I agree. So, okay. So th my three and four are open. I'm putting – here's what people want to see. I want to give the people what people want to see. I'm putting a, a one-loss Tennessee in, and I'm putting a conference champion, uh, the Trojans, in at three and like four. It. So like I'm going it. Georgia. I'm going Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, USC, and every if all of all of those scenarios play out, Clemson sitting at number five, and we barely could have got in. So you think? So you think that Tennessee comes in at number three, even though they don't win the conference championship over USC, or do you want to switch those? Um, no, I'm not, I'm not switching. I feel like people watch the games. I feel, I feel like Tennessee. If Tennessee finishes besides the Georgia game. They play. They play. Like they've been playing. I feel like they're like. Obviously, the committee might put them at four, but I feel like the committee won't put them at four just because it'd be two SEC teams. So I feel okay. like they'll flip flop that. And so that's, I've seen this happen. Semifinal will be Georgia versus USC, which would be absolutely fantastic. And, and Ohio State, Ohio State, Tennessee. I love it. I love well, it. the matchups. Wouldn't that be some hell of a matchups? CJ Stroud versus Hendon Hooker. Stetson Bennett versus Caleb Williams. Yep. Now that now, would be a, a strong four. I, and I think I think that that's a better lineup um, than than if you have uh, Tennessee at three, and then you potentially have Tennessee Georgia rematch in the national title would be great. But I want to see the preview of the Big Ten matchup with USC and Ohio wow. State, and let's do the rematch of Tennessee Georgia. In, in the semifinal game. Man, if that plays out that way, sign me up. I'm sitting on the couch all day long. Look. And I'm enjoying that. That is fantastic. That would be that would be a spicy little college ball. That would be great. Now, my heart – here's what my heart wants. Let me tell you what my heart wants, then we'll move on. I want – everybody stays the same. Georgia, Ohio State gets in. I want to see TCU lose in the conference title. So they're out. LSU's out. I want to see USC lose. And so now um, Tennessee gets in and Clemson gets in. Clemson beats uh, North Carolina in the title. Clemson, Clemson's AC champion. TCU yep. loses the championship. USC, no, no conference championship. So they're both one-loss teams. TCU's a one-loss team. LSU's out. USC's out. And so the two next best teams, Alabama will not get in with two losses. Clemson gets in with a conference championship. Tennessee gets in. And I say Georgia's one, Ohio State's two, Tennessee's three, Clemson's four. So it's Georgia uh -huh. and Clemson. Hey, it could happen. It could happen. Hey, and it's going to be in Atlanta. It, it, no doubt. No doubt. It is It is bedlam in, in the college football playoff rankings at this point. We try and talk about it. We may have a little insight here or there. But as you guys know that are putting money with Bet Rivers every week, Anything can happen, and it's going to be fun to watch it play out over the next couple of weeks. But there you have it, Darren Wrencher, Georgia, number one, SEC champ, Ohio State, number two, unblemished Big Ten champ, USC, excuse me, Tennessee, number three, one loss, not a conference champ, but their only loss is to the big boy in Georgia, and number four, the Pac-12 conference champ, USC, with one loss to Utah. That's a pretty good top four. That's leaving out a couple of conferences. ACC, near and dear to your heart. Big 12, 
sorry, TCU, you lost, you're not in. We'll see how it plays out. That's going to be fun. Let's move right. on to the show and get through this rundown. Let's talk about the top four in action this week. All right. Let's see if any of these games can be considered a um, a, a, a slip up game. Um, if any of these games are going to be appetizing to watch or if we see these top four teams kind of run through this week in the schedule. Georgia at Kentucky. I'm going to start here. Kentucky, to me, coming into this season with Will Levis and, and who I still believe is going to play on Sundays for a long time, and, and Mark Stoops and the culture that they build at Kentucky, I thought they were going to be extremely competitive. And they and right. they were for the beginning part of the year. Right. He, he got hurt. He did get hurt. He's back now, correct? He is. And, and to go out and lose and hand Vandy their first – SEC win, I believe, since 2019. Bad, bad look. So they're they're licking their wounds. Right. Do you think that Kentucky at home in Lexington has a shot to jump out of the bucket and bite Georgia uh, in this matchup this Saturday? I, I compared a game like this, this like a game like this last week, and I would say, to me, what's Kentucky's record? Are they a three loss team, four loss team? They are a four-loss team at this point. Six and four. I would say it's comparable to Notre Dame beating Clemson. Because Notre Dame was kind of – they had a fluky season. And they finally put together one one game against a – but I would say Georgia's definitely better than Clemson at this point of the season. But, I mean, it's it's reason, it's doable. Is it likely? No. But it definitely is doable at home. But Notre Dame beat Clemson at home, and they were able to get a, get a win. And basically, it changed the course and narrative of their season. Like that, getting that win, erase losing to. Uh, I think they lost to Marshall at home. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame mm-hmm. lost to Marshall. So I, I, I can see this being a game like that for Kentucky, where if they can live up. Because the thing is, Kentucky, is, like you said, it's supposed to be a competitive team. I was thinking like a two loss, maybe one loss team, getting into a yep. New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, people compare Will Levis to Josh Allen, but I think those sometimes are reasonable comparisons with the body type. The athleticism, the arm strength, um, and so they did. They definitely didn't see themselves being six and four. Is what I'm saying. And so I think the the pride and hopefully in the program getting this win to me was salvage the season. And so that's kind of the, if I'm the coach, that's how I'm looking at this game, trying to find every trick play in the book, trying to figure out every every like hole in the ship of Georgia to figure out to win this game. If I'm betting money, I'm picking Georgia, but there is a slim chance that Kentucky could pull one out at home. Yep. I, I agree with you. Let, let me ask you this question, and, and this is related to Kentucky, but in, in general. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last night on the show, but I'm curious your thoughts. Kentucky this weekend, or any team for that matter, how do you slow down Georgia at this point? Is it is it capitalizing against their defense? Is it capitalizing against their offense? Is it creating turnovers? What What is it? Um, if anything, that can slow down and allow you to beat the Georgia Bulldogs at this point? Yeah, I mean, you got to definitely – they haven't been invincible this year. They've been – that's the thing about football is, like, they've shown moments where a weakness. Uh, the Kent State game, there's a couple other games, the Missouri game, uh, they show moments where they definitely were – like, they have some weaknesses. They, have some, they definitely have some holes. Now, they have been dominant as a whole because even in those games, they found a way to really to really create some – to really kind of push back and dominate those games when when four quarters were done. But I would say look at those games, and there was tendencies in there to me they can exploit. But at the same time, I'm sure Georgia, being the program they are, have fixed those uh, as they went on to the season like any good team should. And so if I'm them, I don't know. I would just – because the defense is good. <laughs> they have a really good, good defense. Uh, their offense, they've kind of shown they can they can give it to you how you want it. They can, they can throw the ball. They can run the ball down your throat. Stetson Bennett is a playmaker. So, uh, to me, he's the key, like, because he make he he extends plays, bro. And he makes plays he makes plays with his legs. So I would say if you could c- kind of contain him, because he's also like he has better pocket presence than people give him credit for. You're a quarterback, so you mean. But at the same time, I feel like he also like if you can contain him in the pocket, I feel like you can make the day a little harder for him. Because yep. there's some plays I've seen do have like 10 seconds before he throws the ball. Like he'll run, run, and then find a man open down the field, which is hats up to him. But hopefully defense can contain that. And so I would say contain Setson Bennett. 
and then finding some way uh, to me to just manufacture points. I think Georgia can definitely score. Like I said, even the Tennessee game, people thought it would be a shootout, but really it was just Georgia, they just controlled the game. So maybe if you can contain them and maybe dictate the offense, kind of slow the ball down. I feel like Kentucky has a, has a good running back. Will Levis can make some plays. So I don't know. They're, I think the kids contain Seth Bennett. And to no. me, that slows everything down. And to, uh, to add on to that, I think your points are spot on. Um, they're a matchup nightmare with the, with the tight end room that they have. Brock exactly. Bowers is a, is a matchup nightmare. I mean, the way that they can flex him out and put his hand in the dirt and the way he can run routes against linebackers and get open and, and make big plays along with their explosiveness on the outside and Stetson Bennett and his playmaking ability, they, they are just really good on the offensive side of the ball. Conversely, on the defensive side of the ball, I want to tip my cap to the coaching staff at Georgia. I, I think that this may be the new – I don't know if I want to put this out there, but this may be the new uh, standard in college football. Um, Bama's days, they will still be competitive. But I, I think that Georgia, with the way that they show that they can reload this year, right. has figured it out. To lose eight guys, eight drafted guys on the defensive side of the ball from your national championship team and turn around and be playing as well as they are on both sides of the ball this year. Right. Is impressive. right. I mean, look at it a couple years ago. I know different scenario, but uh, LSU fields one of the best teams we've ever seen and wins the national championship with Joe Burrow and so on and so forth. And the next year, there, it, it, there's a big drop off because guys. No, for sure. This, you got a national championship year, historic, lift the trophies, your party in all offseason, celebrating, so on and so forth, and you reload and you get refocused and they're playing as well as they are. I, I think that's a tip of the cap to the strength staff, the coaching staff, the leaders on that team. It, it really is incredible to watch. I'm taking Georgia in this one. I, I think that they're going to go uh, blemishless, um, potentially all the way through, but, but certainly to the playoff. Let me ask you one more one more question while we're on Georgia, then we'll move on. You, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you got to play in five on five college football playoff teams. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. You might, you might have broke up on me. What? Ask that question one more time. College football playoff teams. We've yeah. talked a lot about the been there before factor. Right. Which means, hey, I've been, we, we, we went. We know what it feels like to walk the halls and get the gear and, and prepare for a college football playoff game. So it's not new to us. We're not sitting in the shiny bright lights. Right. Is that what Georgia's experiencing right now as they make this run? Is the moment not quite as big for them than it is for other people because they have that comfortability navigating these waters? Yeah, I was definitely piggyback off the last statement you made uh, before the question was, I think it's definitely you look across college football and there are times when a university can have a really good team and it's just all the pieces align. The football gods bless that team. And it's like you get you get a 2019 LSU team who who was arguably one of the best teams we've seen during this era of college ball. And it was just like this, that was their year. Uh then you have other programs where I feel like Clemson, Bama have shown sustained success 
with building a true program, not building a really good team. Um, and so I think Georgia is definitely taking into that model of consistency, of being in the playoffs, being a team that's a, a true contender year in and year out, winning a national championship and being able to bounce back and be, be a competitive number one a ranked team. And so you definitely have something to that program for what they're doing because the thing is they weren't that for a long time. They were the up and down program, like the Oklahoma that was kind of in, in one year, out the next year, not competitive, kind of losing big games, whatever. But to me, they really solidified themselves as like being one of those major teams. And to that, to that playoff question, I definitely think it matters. It's like, and they, I think it's one thing to, to think you're supposed to be somewhere. And it's another thing to know you're supposed to be somewhere. You know you belong. And they definitely feel like they carry, they carried themselves in a way like it's a national championship or bust. Even though they haven't won one besides that in the last 40 years, but now that's the standard. It's like we've won one. Why, why can we not go get another one? And they're, def- they're definitely playing like they're a the team. They're like they're not contending. They're going to attack and they go get another national championship. So pass up to what Kirby Smart's doing there. It's definitely evident that they're building a really good program. One more question on this point. When you guys would go – how many national championships do you have? I was a part of the 2016 and 2018, so I got two. You got two. So you win the national championship, first day of off season, first team meeting before you start the next year. Yeah. What was what was Dabo's message to you guys? Did he act like it never happened and it's on to the next year? Or was he the guy that said, guys, we've been there. Let's do everything the same. Let's let's buy in from day one, so on and so forth, and we can go do this again. What like, what is that message that Kirby Smart has been addressing all year long right. that Dabo shared? Right. I think it's one thing, even as a coach, like you, even as much as players, like, other buy, I feel like coaches, like, you, you have a standard that you hope, hopefully, leads you to ultimate success. And Kirby finally did that. So the plan he had, the culture he established, the routine, the habits, the motivation, the pregame speeches, all the things, all the support staff. Everything worked to get that team to a national championship. And so even for him, like the proof is in the progress. And so I think it, what, what you've seen there, it's unlike LSU, to me, LSU, was, that was interesting. You know, they, the head coach that was there now inspired. They won a national championship. Cool. They got, they had to, they, now they're rebuilding with Brian Kelly. But to me, Kirby Smart's like, hey, like what we've done, the, the culture we have here is proven. So you definitely have to buy in. One of the biggest things I'm sure Kobe's like any, to me, great head coach says, like last year's wins don't carry over. And so last year's touchdowns don't carry over. Yeah. Just because you won last year doesn't mean you're going to choke for this year. So there's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of like our, our program is proven. So it gives you more incentive to really buy in and believe like if I do what I'm supposed to do here, it's going to get me to the ultimate goal. But at the same time, whether you're on a team last year or guys have left, you got to buy back in because last year's success is equal this year's success. And so and like I said, they, they're obviously doing that because <laughs> with Stetson Bennett, uh, a lot of guys that can rest in the laurels and come back and not put it back in. They've obviously took it to took it to the next level. Yep. And it's one thing to do it once. There's another thing to do it twice. And even back-to-back is special. That's one thing. I don't think, besides Bama, I don't think anybody's really ever won back-to-back natties in, in this era. In this era, in a, in a while, no, I don't I don't think so. And we may need to get our, uh, uh, our producers to check that for us, right. but I don't think they have. In recent history. I know. Um, we were trying and we were trying in 18. So we went – we about to be the first team, I think, in a while to go 30 and 0. And we lost. We, we were 29 and 1. We lost in the championship to LSU. We were 29 and 0. Our one loss came to LSU. Dude, you didn't face much adversity in college on, on, on the wins and losses. Last year was the toughest year of my career. Last year was crazy. Oh, it was your sixth year, man. You were having a party lap, anyways. You were having a party lap. That's a, that's incredible insight though, and and it is it is unique um, to what Georgia is doing right now. Obviously, Kirby Smart very different than Davos Queenie, but there's something that they have figured out um, about instilling that in their players, regardless who is the next guy up, to go and believe in it and do it again. And and we may just see that back to back this year for the first time in a while. Let's move on. Ohio State at Maryland. Top two teams are both on the road this week. Does C.J. Stroud and that offense have just too much firepower uh, for anybody to slow them down? I'll ask the same question. How will Maryland beat Ohio State this week? What is the formula? There was a – I'm fact-checking a game real quick. I just want to check the scores. 
Uh, let me make sure before I make this make this case. I'll make my comment while you're looking that up. Okay. I think that that certainly like like everybody, we just mentioned it with Georgia, definitely gettable. But I think that if if Ohio State and CJ Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. and the power that they have on that offense come out and play remotely to the best of their game it's going to be very difficult to slow them down. The one thing that I think could beat Ohio State is if you shut down their pass game, which I think at this point maybe is virtually impossible because we've we've seen that they can be somewhat one-dimensional. Their, their running attack, little up and down this year. But I just think from a firepower standpoint with C.J. Stroud, who could very easily be hoisting the Heisman Trophy, and what they have on the outside, one-on-one matchups, they can just go score points at, at ease. There's right. been a couple times where they haven't this year, but I think they have the ability to. What are your right. thoughts? No, I agree. And you look at – I was making sure I was checking something. I know Maryland started the season. They got had like a little – a big DJ Khaled shout-out. They started the season pretty hot. Uh, they definitely have dwindled off. Because I was like, they got beat against Penn State 30-0. And so, it's tough. I mean, the only games they really struggled in – I say struggled – they were kind of finding themselves early on with Notre Dame. And, like, that game was a, a top-five matchup at the time. Then they struggled a little bit against Northwestern, but there was, like, the weather was a factor there. So, like, definitely became a ground and pound. The ball was wet. Uh, so that kind of gave Northwestern a chance. And so, I don't know. Like, it really depends on which Ohio State team shows up. And sometimes, like you said, they showed up and been that, like, you're just watching, like, something special. Like, I mean, this is one of the best offenses. Like, when they put it all together, they got these dynamic receivers. They got a, a great quarterback who can make every throw. They got running backs that can take the distance. Some of the running backs have been hurt. And so maybe, like, we'll see if they can have that balance attack like they've had throughout the year. Um, so when I look at this team and, like, same thing, Mayors is a 6-4 and four team. I don't know what their ex- expectations were going into the season, realistically. So I don't really know if they thought they would be any better than what they are. But they are at home. Um, and then I'm sure they play with a lot of pride. And so to me, the biggest thing for them, I think if you can stop the pass, like, Especially with the couple of, the couple of running backs they have, you down. If I'm Maryland, I'm going too high, kind of emptying the box a little bit, see if they can run the ball. Because I, I just feel like you if you to play press man or go like one high against this team is like is like you just asking for a really quick death. Yep. Like I feel like you gotta at least make him like try to make some reads like or make them get the running game going a little bit because just to line up and say we're gonna try to play you man up and put one safety over top, let you choose. To me, that's a, that's a very quick death against a team like this that can score at will. So if but I'm still, them, yeah, go ahead. I'm playing conservative. Yeah, I, I, and I think conservative is great. You still have to mix it up and bring your blitzes because I think you've got to get right. pressure on C.J. Stroud if right. you want to slow down that passing attack. Let's roll through these next two real quick because there's a couple games I want to talk to before we get into our picks for the week. Um, let's just pick a winner and 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 maybe a, a one-sentence why or yeah. why not. Illinois – in the big house against Michigan, we already think Michigan and Ohio State's going to be the matchup of, of the Big Ten this year. Whoever goes and represents out of that game will win the Big Ten title. But do you think Illinois has got a shot at Michigan this weekend? Mm, they kind of – they both have similar offenses. Like they, they both are heavily through the running back. Chase Brown's a good back. He'll be a top a top prospect in this year's draft in Illinois. you got Blake Corum. Uh, I, I'm a side with Blake Corum right now off the hype. But Chase Brown's a good guy too. So I feel like I just I'm liking Michigan's ground game better than Illinois. Yep, I, I think that Michigan will will win this game. There was a lot of hype around Illinois and the way that they were navigating the West. Uh, yep. But at this point in the season, like a lot of teams, you just run into the teeth of your schedule. And um, and I'm taking Michigan. TCU at Baylor, undefeated TCU. They got to win out. You mentioned it early in the show to make it to the college football playoff. They've got incentive. They've got some moxie right now, big win at Texas, even though they didn't play great on the offensive side. Does Baylor, who's been very up and down this year, have a shot at home against the Horned Frogs? I think anytime you're playing at home, you got a shot if you're a decent team. But to me, I feel like, T- I feel like TCU so – like some other teams can look ahead, but I feel like their moment is like right now. Like so if I'm one of the players on that team, I can't imagine looking ahead because like this is such a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Like Bam or – or Clemson's or the Notre Dame, not Notre Dame's, like the highest states of the world can look ahead and say, like, oh, if we just went out, we're going to make it. Like, TC, this is their year. Like, this is all the stars of a line. 
And so I can't imagine them not looking taking each game game by game. So I think they win. I agree. I agree there. I, I, I personally think TCU will go unblemished and they will get they will represent the Big 12 in the college football playoff. They will ruin your hopes of of uh, Clemson getting in. They definitely they definitely would. They would ruin my hopes. They, it would. And and I'm not I'm not saying that TCU is one of the top four teams in the country, but if they have that big zero in the loss column, you can't dispute it. You got to put them in. I agree. All right, let, let's go out west. We're going to talk about two games real quick, and then we will get into um, our picks of the night. But these are two huge games with huge implications in the Pac-12. The first, USC traveling right up the road, playing in the Rose Bowl in the same city against UCLA. Iconic venue, big-time school logos. Caleb Williams, DTR, Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly. I mean, just put whatever you want on the on the, the headlines. Is Caleb Williams too powerful in this offense, too powerful for what UCLA has done up until this point? Or can DTR come out and play the game of his life, which he has played very well this season as well, and and uh, and spoil USC's chance? of getting into the college football playoff. what Break this game down for us. I'm looking at the last couple of years. So, like, UCLA won it last year. USC had it for two years. The last 10 years is split. I love that you're looking at it historical, but you no, got no, to no. This is Lincoln Riley bringing in a bunch of guys in the transfer right. pool. This is Kelly building this team up from the ruins. It's two very different stories to me. Yes, absolutely look historically. But this year, this week, this game, I I, I like USC in this football game. I think Caleb Williams, to my scenario earlier with my toast of the night, if they can navigate this game, and Notre Dame and the Pac-12 title game, then the semifinal and the national championship. Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. USC wins the national championship. Buy Lincoln Riley another $17 million house. Could be – they will write books and make movies off of this run if they can do it. But let's take one week at a time. I got USC in this one. Who you got? I'm going to go – I'm going to say DTR takes it. Okay. And just because off off pride, I think this is last year. I think I mean, they've had a really good they've had a really good year. UCLA's won some big games. They've been a competitive team. They've had aspirations to to be one of those one loss teams, maybe to go undefeated. I just think they I think they beat I think they beat USC here, um, uh-huh. and I think that would be a crazy game because that, that would basically eliminate a lot of people and give my boys a chance at Clemson. So, uh, but but realistically, I think they do have a chance though. I think yeah. USC's USC as much as anybody. Like I say, like, the disparity to me isn't that great. This year. They've shown a lot of weaknesses. They've lost games, the Utah game. Uh, they've shown even some of the games they've won. They haven't, like, dominated everyone. Like, they've won games, and the offensive shows spurts. At the same time, it's, they've struggled. Defense, like, they've given up points. So, to me, it's not the craziest thing to say UCLA will win the same. So, I'm going to side with UCLA. I'm going to go with DTR to finish off his career strong with a win against USC. Wow. They're going to have to come out and play lights out, and, and it will be a shootout. If you like offense, for sure, for two sure. Game on two playmakers, two playmakers, playmakers, no doubt. So speaking of a team that beat USC, Utah yep. takes on Oregon this weekend. I mean, this is like if you could draw it up any better. Like this is this weekend in college football is going to have some awesome, awesome matchups implications across the board in the Pac-12 here. Utah, Oregon, thoughts here. What I mean, Bo Nix, Cameron Rice. I mean, there's so much that you could unpack here. Two teams that have lost a couple games by narrow margin outside of Oregon the first game of the year. Two teams that have the ability to beat anybody that they come up against, in my opinion. Who are you taking in this one, Utah and Oregon? It's tough. Uh, I'm gonna go Oregon though. I'm gonna go Oregon. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Bonet. 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 I think he's had he's had a really good year. Like besides, like he had a flu game the first game. 
to me, he's really redeemed his narrative this year because he was definitely trending back to to the old Knicks of the Bo Knicks of older Auburn. And yeah. I, I think hats off to what he's done for the majority of this season, really building his case as a top prospect as a quarterback. Um, and but here's a question for me: So what happens if man? I don't know if you know the answer. What happens if UCLA wins and Utah wins? Who who makes it to Pac-12 championship? I'd have to. We'd have to. We'd have to play that one out because you. If Oregon wins and, or excuse me, if Utah wins and UCLA wins, yeah. So then, so Oregon and USC both got beat. Who people think they could both end up in the Pac-12 championship? I'd have to go back and look. I I want to yeah. say, I I don't know. We'll have to fact check that because that's an interesting. That's an interesting scenario because 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 as much as Oregon, right? Because conference losses and Oregon. I don't know. That's interesting. That's a that, very would give, that would give Oregon two conference losses. Utah, Utah only have one. They lost to Florida. They, they lost to USC. No, they yep. beat USC. They, no, they, they beat USC. Who did Utah lose to? Uh, they lost UCLA. to. I'm looking up right now. UCLA. That's right. UCLA. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that, that would make it really interesting. Like I said, if UCLA wins and Utah wins, that would shake up a lot of things. Shake up a lot of things. Yes, it would. Yes, and so, look, the, the Pac-12 to me is a team to watch this weekend because that's going to be exciting things for conference. I feel like most of the conferences are pretty vanilla this weekend. I feel like that's a conference to watch for sure. That is the conference, which I, at the beginning of the year, I was not saying that. I thought, oh, right. you know, Utah is going to go play Florida. Florida beat them. It was a competitive game. But get back out west. You guys are going to be, you know. Look, and I, and I hate, I hate the, all the conference realignment going to happen. Because this this is the final year they actually everyone in Pac-12 has been exciting to watch. Yeah, like they've actually been people have been tuned in probably more so. Obviously, I get the money money talks. Look, I, I know money talks, but to me, the Pac-12 really has they've represented themselves well this year. They have, they absolutely have. From maybe represented themselves the best in college football. Well, you got some great great football going on the SEC, but primarily in the SEC East, which typically that doesn't happen. The West, the the West is typically the top dog. I, um, I, I might, I might, I might give you that narrative honestly, because I mean, because like I think to say that is because they de- they kind of defy expectations. I feel like everybody else besides Tennessee, I don't think nobody knew Tennessee was going to be this good. But besides them, everybody else kind of played. Like you look at the top, the top ten, TCU's had a good year, but besides that, like who else uh, from the Big Twelve? You got Kansas State in the, from the Big Twelve, That's and then you it. got you got Oklahoma State for the Pac twelve. You got Oregon State ranked. Um, you got Washington ranked. UCLA is ranked. It's three. Um, you got Utah ranked at ten. You got USC ranked, and Oregon just got booted out. No, Oregon. So you got no Oregon's twelve. So you got six teams on the top twenty-five from the Pac-12. Yep. And that's yep. that's as competitive probably is with the SEC. Probably since you got a little more, but like that's a competitive conference to me. You got six teams. And so hats hats up to what they've done this year. No doubt. No doubt. Well, let's get into our picks of the week. We got uh, several games here. We're going to invite our producer, Dagan, in. He's going to be – I believe – Dagan, are you yeah. doing picks for yourself and for Clint? Yes, since Clint can't be here, I know what picks he has. So, All um, right, so we got – I'll fill you guys in. Four pickers – three pickers, four, uh, four lines here. So uh, let's start it off here with Montana. Big-time game here, guys. Montana at Montana State, the in-state rivalry. Uh, Dagan, let's start with you. Go you, and then uh, Darian go, then I'll go, and then you'll do Clint's on the back end. How's that Perfect. sound? Good with me. All right. Good with me. I'll start it off. I had to get a little FCS love in here for our picks. The, the, the slate is not the greatest this week. Uh, let's just say a lot of SEC teams are playing their, their cupcake games uh, this week. But uh, give me Montana State game day in the building, or in town, I guess, not in the building. But uh, give me, uh, give me uh, the Bobcats. Hey, I'm with you there. Uh, Darren, go ahead. I'm taking Montana because I knew one person played at Montana. That's really, that's really the only <laughs> connection I have. This is like one of those games where you pick them off colors and stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'll go, let's go with Montana. Uh, that's what my wife says. Oh, they, I like their uniforms. I want them to win, right? I'm going with Montana State in this game. Um, I, I, you know, probably won't watch this one, but uh, going with Montana State. Who's, who'd Clint go with? Clint, Clint went with the Bobcats as well. So, Darian's on an island by himself. We'll see, man. Out on, we'll out on an island. All right, next one. UConn at Army. Dagan, who you got? I got the Black Knights 
Gimme Army. I'm tired of hearing Rob Doster talk about how UConn is full, full bound. So we, yeah. somebody needs to shut him up. Army's, Army's the team to do it. I'm going Army in the Russian attack. They always run the ball pretty well. Let's go Army. It's, uh, it's preseason, maybe even real season, definitely tournament season basketball now. So I'm picking the basketball school. I'm going That's a good reason. That's a really good reason, actually. I, I no like doubt. That. No doubt. Hey, a lot of hype going on on that campus. If the basketball team's playing good, men's, women's, football. Come on. UConn. Who's, who's uh, Clint got, dang it? Clint also went with UConn. Another reason I couldn't pick UConn, I'm a Seton Hall grad. Seton Hall UConn fans. You know, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> All right, moving on. Iowa at Minnesota. Dagan, who you got? Give me – I said I would never do this again. and I, I just lied to <laughs> everybody that I said I won't do it to again. But give me the Hawkeyes. To me, Minnesota, the only thing they can really do well is run the football. And we all know what the only thing that Iowa does well is play defense. So give me the Hawkeyes in this one. Also, over-under in this game, 32-and-a-half. I say it every week. Give me the under. Love it. Derry. I want the I want Iowa as well. Okay. I'm going Minnesota. I, I like the rushing attack. Um, it will be going into the teeth of that Iowa defense, but I'm going Minnesota in this one. Uh, Clint went with uh, Minnesota as well. I can already hear him saying that he's never going to pick Iowa. Uh, so he, he's going with Minnesota. <laughs> Clint, my guy. Me and Clint are pretty spot on tonight. Okay, next one. Texas at Kansas. There's some history in this one. Kansas beat, uh, stung, reached up and, and stung Texas a few times prior to this magical year that they're having. Dagan, who you got in Texas at Lawrence, Kansas? As much as I'd love to pick Kansas, just for like the, the funny narrative that Kansas is, you know, has Texas's number, it would be great, great storyline. But uh, give, me, give me the Longhorns. I think they bounce back after last week's uh, closer game against TCU. Right. I think I'm going with Texas as well. Texas needs this win more than Kansas needs this win. Not that they don't deserve it, but I just like as a program, Texas needs to get this win. I'm picking Texas in this one, but I would not be the least bit surprised if oh, Kansas not at all. comes away not with this win, as I'm sure most of us wouldn't be as well. Clint has. It's our first clean sweep of the night. He has the Longhorns as well. Yeah. Love it. NC State at Louisville. I, uh, I've got the Cardinals in this one. NC State is – Played a few games. Devin Leary went out. They played a few games. I think it's kind of gone under everybody's radar. Obviously, beat Wake Forest. Um, but I don't know. I think Louisville was kind of in a good spot. Ran into Clemson last weekend. And uh, I don't know. I just like the Cardinals. I think they're kind of on the up and up outside of that Clemson game last weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go with Louisville. I think it really depends on if Malik Cunningham gets a little bit healthier. But I'm going I'm to take Louisville over NC State. I got Louisville as well. Who did Clint have? Clint also went with Louisville. So we got two clean sweeps. Sweeps. All right, boys. All right, Bedlam, the matchup. I will be at this game in Norman. Uh, it'll be a chilly one, as most places are north of uh, north of the, the south and the southeast are this time of year. Bedlam, Oklahoma really needs to win to uh, to secure a spot in the bowl game at this point. Uh, Dagan, who you got? I mean, you want to talk about two teams that need a win. I mean, this is this is it. Um, I. I I've liked Oklahoma State all year long. I'm not really sure what's happened in the last few games with the Cowboys. Spencer Sanders is back. Uh, so give me give me Oklahoma State. By the way, Oklahoma seven-point favorite in this game. So I think that, yeah. that's, that's a little high, but uh, give me Oklahoma State. There Dear God, for the love of my former coach, Coach <laughs> Venables, I pray he, he does not he – gets he gets over 500. So I'm praying that he gets his win. Because when's the last time Oklahoma hasn't been in a bowl game? Ooh, it's been a long time. And I'm like, bro, like I, I need my guy to get this win. I need, I need it. I just need him to get this win. So I'm going to go Oklahoma. They, they kind of get some momentum and get a W. Now, they've got a shot. If they were to lose this game, they've got a shot at Texas Tech next weekend, which would make anybody very nervous to uh, close out the year trying to get to a bowl game. I'm going with Oklahoma in this one. It's at home. In Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, I think there's going to be a, a, a lot of hype on senior day. Typically, Norman, those players, that that culture comes alive on senior day there in the Palace where they haven't lost too much in um, in his in history. So I'm going with Oklahoma in this one. Who'd Clint have? Oklahoma State. He's right. Right. See you guys. Interesting one here. 
Ole Miss at Arkansas. Arkansas obviously came up short against LSU, but, um, you know, Ole Miss took their lumps as well. I think one team may be better than the other, but this one, kind of a dark horse, really, really cool matchup to watch. Dagan, who you got? I like Arkansas last week against LSU, ended up picking LSU. Um, I kind of like Arkansas. Again, I don't really know the stats of KG Jefferson. This is where Clint helps out because he would know all that all that stuff um, for us. Obviously, we don't, we don't know too much about it. But if he's playing, I like Arkansas in this spot. But one thing Arkansas struggles to do is stop the run. One thing Ole Miss does very well is run the football. Um, so give me, give me Ole Miss. I'm taking Ole Miss as well. I'm taking Ole Miss as well. Um, even though it's at Arkansas, it's going to be cold again to my point earlier, but I, I'm taking Ole Miss. Who did Clint have? I'm sure you guys have, can guess who, who Clint had in this one. He, uh, he's wrong with his, with his <laughs> right the back. <laughs> oh, that's a heart pick. That's a heart pick. <laughs> Illinois, Michigan. We talked about this one a little bit. Dagan, who you got? Give me, uh, give me Michigan. Sorry, producer Trevor. I think this game would be close at halftime, but, uh, as all of Michigan's games seem to be uh, this year, um, people will, you know, turn the game on and then Michigan will kind of run away with it. Um, in the second yeah. half, Michigan 18 point favorite, though. I think it's closer than 18, 18 points. In yeah, game. I agree. I'm gonna go on Michigan, but I think this, this game could be close. I think it could be a, a nice little game. But I'm gonna take Michigan. Yep, I, I'm, I'm with you guys, Michigan, and I, I'm assuming this is another sweep. Yes, it is. Straight sweep, Michigan. TCU, undefeated Horn Frogs, travel on the road to Chip and Joanna Gaines. I mean, Waco, I mean, to play Baylor. And, uh, and, and, and I, we talked about this one as well. Dagan, who you got? I've said it. It feels like for the past four or five weeks now that this is TCU's time to, to lose. And I said it, it last week against Texas. I, I've said it. This is the game they're going to lose. Well, this week, I'm rolling with the Horned Frogs. I think TCU gets it done. I, I'm at the point now where, you know what? Let's just put them in. Who doesn't want to see something? He's a believer. Year one, let's just put them in. Let's do it. I know, I know how much you had hurts. I know. Here, Darian, but let's, let's do it. I'm st- I'm the same way. I've been telling everybody it's gonna be the week they lay an egg, but I don't think they lay an egg against Baylor. Now, come back in like two or three weeks and in, in the big Big Twelve championship, I'm gonna be like whoever they're playing, I'm picking them. But TCU this week. Yeah, I got TCU as well. Who'd Clint go with? He also went with TCU. Fields is, is high on the Horn Frogs this weekend. Uh, See now, now that's the game. Now we we probably screwed them, and now it'll be the game. That they, yep, that yep. they lose so. Georgia at Kentucky, a battered Kentucky team, a Georgia team that is flying through their schedule. Dagan, who you got? I'm no fool. Give me, give me Georgia. There Georgia. 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 Yeah. Another yeah, Georgia. sweep. Come on, we got to get some games in here that you know we're gonna pick hey, at least 50 50. Hey man, it's, it was it was a tough week for that. Let me tell you. It was a tough week. <laughs> Another sweep. Georgia takes it over Kentucky in the field of 12. Uh, two more games here. Utah at Oregon. We just walked through this one. Dagan, who you got in this one? I was on Oregon all day long. I thought about it. And then I, I think Utah is just kind of flying under the radar. We haven't really talked about Utah since that loss to UCLA. They're number 10 in the country. Cam rising, that defense. We call them the biker gang, for God's sake. So we know this team is going to show up. Uh, it's crazy that I'm going to do this because there's no way Oregon's lost. They haven't lost in what? Last week, it was their first loss in 38-some games or something like that at home. But now I got the Utes. Oregon loses two games at home in a row. Give me, give me Utah. Mm. You know what? I picked Oregon a minute ago, but then I started playing scenarios in my head. And I'm like, <laughs> let's go with Utah. Let's go with the Utes. Oh, the switch. The let's switch. go with the Utes. Guys, I'm going, I'm going Oregon in this game. I think, I think Bo Nix comes out and, uh, and has a fantastic showing, as he has – a lot of times, a lot of games in big situations this year. I got Oregon. Who'd Clint have? He went with Oregon as well. He's been a big Bo Nix believer all year, so no surprise. Love it. Yes, he definitely has. He's been consistent. Last one, the Battle of Hollywood, USC at UCLA. Dagan, who you got? Well, UCLA kind of ruined their chances at a playoff last week against Arizona. They Um, did. Jane Delora is a versatile quarterback can do it a little bit with his feet, a little bit with his arm. Um, Caleb Williams though, is a, a little bit better of a Jane Delora than, uh, than, uh, we, you know, we, we, we know that obviously. So give me, uh, give me the Trojans in this one. I, uh, I, I like them. I, I think that, uh, they're going to feel a little disrespected being behind LSU this week, if I'm being honest. So give me, give me the Trojans. 
Now I'm going DTR finish off his career with a dub against USC. So I'm going. I'm taking UCLA. Love it. Going USC. Caleb Williams and the boys are rolling in the Rose Bowl. Clint also went with the Trojans. So Darian, Darian's got the upset all by himself again. Long, long There's, another one. There's another one of them. We'll boys, see. We'll let, see. let the odds forever be in your favor this weekend for another show of Field of 12 After Dark, powered by Bet Rivers. Join us um, each and every night as we finish out this college football season. And also, if you're starting to creep into basketball season, tune in for the Field of 68, our sister division of this podcast and show. Uh, guys, it's been awesome for Darian Rencher. I'm Trevor Knight, Dagan Hughes, and our producer, Trevor Valise. We appreciate you guys. That's another night of the field. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.